the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Lindsay Barnett. Welcome back to the London Free Press Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Barnett. It's been another busy-ish week, but when I say busy-ish, I mean a lot of it has surrounded the pandemic. Every time I think we're getting on the other side of things a little bit, here we go again. So once again, I am joined by London Free Press health reporter Jennifer Beeman. Jen, how you doing? I'm great, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me again. I know you and I seem to be talking almost every other week at this point because things, again, keep changing so drastically. We have to talk about the numbers to start things off. We are seeing a huge spike. Uh, A report was put out yesterday, I believe, about what we can expect by middle of September for caseloads for the province. Um, They're projecting well over 1,000 cases a day by middle of September. What's happening? Because I know the vaccination numbers I know have kind of plateaued a little bit with new vaccines, but there are a ton of us who are double vaxxed. What is happening? Well, there's still 20% of us in London area, about 18% that, you know, haven't even gotten a single shot. And that's of eligible people. That's not even including the under 12s. So, you know, there's a a significant chunk of Londoners who just haven't gotten that vaccine yet. Uh, What we're also seeing in London is quite a few cases. We had 109 Friday or Saturday, Sunday, Monday, which is huge. That's not something we saw last summer. Um, you know, it, it's, it's quite a few and that's not great news. Some people too, because we're seeing quite a bit of transmission, you know, comparatively speaking in London, some people that are fully vaccinated are testing positive. That doesn't mean they're getting really sick, but it means they're certainly getting infected. So uh, I mean, the health unit this week had said, you know, if you're fully vaccinated, stay away from the unvaccinated, try not to mingle. If you're a workplace, make a vaccine mandate. So they're really ratcheting up this sort of thing of like, listen, Delta's out there. It's circulating. It's kind of rising. Cases are sort of are gradually coming up and um, it's really time to to start. If you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated and also just sort of be really aware that this is out there. There's a lot to unpack with a lot of what you just said there, but I think with me, some of the confusion with uh, with me and what I'm hearing from my friends is, okay, so I'm fully vaxxed and another fully vaxxed person could still get it and transmit it. And I know they're saying stay away from the unvaxxed. Where is the line with that? Like, I know obviously it's more transmittable with unvaccinated people, but it's still a little disconcerting. You see the numbers, you hear about the kids who were downtown at the bars, the clubs, uh, over 40 people have tested positive so far and a good chunk of them were fully vaxxed. So how does that work? Can you break that down a little bit? So the health officials are really clear. You know, if you're fully vaccinated, two doses, and you've, you've had two weeks after your second dose, you're very, very protected. It's the best thing you can do. It's really, really great. Uh, but man, if you're hanging around in a pool of COVID, uh, it's totally possible that you could contract it. You might not even know. You might be asymptomatic. You might be picked up during um, just routine testing, which is how sometimes we find these cases among fully vaccinated people. Um, you know, but your risk individually of, of being very sick or hospitalized or, or death is so, so reduced. So I think, you know, we need to keep that in perspective. Um a vaccine is not a panacea. It won't block you like a shield of armor all the time. There's little things that can, can happen, but still it's very, very, very effective tool. Uh, and, but that, that is what we're seeing. And as you know, the health units warned as Delta circulates in the fall and um, you know, as 
things just kind of heat up in the in the fall with kids back to school and universities back in we will see breakthrough cases it's something to watch certainly but i mean really that the severe health outcomes are are among those people who just don't have the shot 60 year guy in his 60s uh yesterday was reported uh latest covid death and he hadn't had the shot all three deaths in the last six weeks or so are unvaccinated I think it's important to note, too, that our deaths are way down, not only in London, Middlesex, but also in the province. So the vaccines are working. You wrote a really interesting article about the 12 to 17 year olds. Um, Let's talk about them and the vaccination rates, because there is a big push right now for these kids before they go back to school. What are those numbers looking like? We could learn a lot from them. Oh, my goodness. The 12 to 17 year olds are just blasting ahead. Um, you know, they they didn't become eligible for the shots until like late May. 40-year-olds became eligible for AstraZeneca in April, but they're like right on par with the 40 to 44 age group. Uh, they're really doing well. Um, you know, they're they're showing the highest growth to week over week. It's one thing I've been watching. Our first dose rate is not growing by leaps and bounds like it used to. It kind of makes sense. There's holdouts and things. Uh, our second dose rate's creeping up, as you'd imagine. Uh, but those those 12 to 17 year olds, man, like they're they're really getting in there um, in this kind of final push before school. So I think there's a lot of really um, parents that get it and that really want their kids protected. And um, that's sort of where we're at. I, it'll be interesting to see in the next coming weeks just how high we can get that first dose rate. Right now we're at about 82 um, percent. It's not rising by more than you know a couple percentage points a week if we're lucky. So. Uh, 90 is what they keep saying as far as herd immunity, but, uh, you know, who knows, right? It's a funny virus and there's lots of unknowns. Well, I'm glad you just said herd, herd immunity because I saw a tweet right before we hopped on actually about the fact we will never reach herd immunity until there is a vaccine approved for kids under the age of 12. Now, there's still like a lot of concern with that. And I have some friends who have kids who are not eligible um, for the vaccines. Do you think Pfizer, for instance, just got FDA approval in the States? And I don't know why everybody was holding their breath on FDA approval because we're not Americans, but that was like Twitter had exploded. Do you think that we will see a vaccine in the coming months or years for kids under the age of 12 to potentially reach herd immunity? Or are we kind of where we're at with this? You know, having followed this for 18 months, I feel like we will, vaccines will be approved for that age group. Um, you know, I know Health Canada is looking into it. There's a lot of really good minds in Canada looking into that issue. Herd immunity is a funny one. There's still a lot of COVID in the developing world and other places where it can mutate into things. And, you know, it's hard to say. I don't know. I'm not getting my hopes up just because I've tried to get my, I've got my hopes up before this, uh, in this pandemic and it's been kind of dashed. And I feel like there's a lot of people right now that are feeling the same way, which is looking at a fall and just being like kind of sad. Um, so I don't, I don't know about that um there's a lot of unknowns with covid we've known that we've seen it a year ago no one was talking about mutations and variants but here we are that's all we're living now so i think there's a lot of tricks up covid sleeve and um but but in the meantime individually and as a community the best thing you can do is get the shots we have when you can when they're available um two doses that's what's you know really a core thing well, talking about the variant, uh, President Joe Biden in the States had announced a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago, that um, eligible Americans would be able to get a booster shot. Um, I want to say around September 2nd or something. How far behind do you think Canada is? Because the problem is things are mutating and Delta obviously is our biggest concern right now. But 
who knows what's around the corner? Because like you said, it's a lot of tricks up COVID sleeve. Um, do you anticipate, are you hearing anything from the health unit about boosters for Canadians or even here locally? So boosters here um, are coming next couple of weeks, which is really kind of neat, but not for a lot of people, only for some, only for some people. Uh, Ontario has approved it. Basically, if you're a transplant recipient, if you're on a couple of, you know, suppressive, very like wordy looking, uh, you know, drugs, uh, and also residents of long-term care homes and high-risk uh, retirement homes. So the health unit here is ready to go. They're getting ready to kind of push that out. People that have um, conditions like health conditions that would allow them to get a booster will be contacted by their providers. So they won't have to trek to a pharmacy or a, a vaccination clinic. Um, for residents, those doses will be handed to homes locally. So they'll be given to those people. Uh, it's interesting to see what'll happen with boosters. There's a lot of talk. America has been kind of big on that right now. Their timeline was a little different than ours, though they were sticking to the 21 to 28 day gap around here. Not very many of us had that. It was, you know, four months for some. So I would be, it'll be interesting to see in the fall and kind of winter where Canada ends up on that. And then there's also a lot of kind of your global health experts that are saying, listen, like before we even think about giving boosters to otherwise healthy young adults in Canada, we should really be thinking about stemming the growing tide of COVID in places that can't afford vaccines or haven't had good access to them. Absolutely. It's definitely a concern. And I know some provinces are kind of taking things into their own hands, trying to curb the numbers a little bit. British Columbia, the latest province to announce uh, a vaccine passport-ish, where if you are not vaccinated, all non-essential businesses, so like movie theaters, off the table for you. It's hard to speculate about politics right now, but do we anticipate something like this coming in Ontario? I know um, Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment has said you need to either provide a negative COVID test or approve fully vaccination. The OHL did a fantastic job. You have to be fully vaxxed straight up if you want to go to a game. Do we anticipate seeing more of this, but from a provincial level here? Well, you know, the four government's really holding out on this. They've said for as long as for months and months and months, even back when other governments were saying for months and months and months that they're not doing this, but Ontario so far not even really making that a thing. Um, so I don't know what we'll see from them. It's you're right though. The areas where unvaccinated people can go are starting to shrink. Um, there's a lot of talk about vaccine mandates, even at London city hall for civic workers, got about 3000 people there and they want to make, they're looking at making that at least some kind of policy. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't know provincially. I feel like we've gone this long without the Ford government doing anything specific on vaccine passports across the board. But, you know, again, time will tell if they do move off that. In the meantime, though, like you said, it's, it's very ad hoc. There's individual businesses, organizations, event venues that are making these rules. So I guess we'll see. The Middlesex London Health Unit has done a really good job about doing pop-up uh, vaccination clinics. I saw the one that they did on Richmond Row right across from Jack's. Get your shot, go do some shots. I thought was a really cute idea. Um, are we anticipating more of this, especially as the kids start going back to school? Um, what are you hearing from them? They are going crazy on mobile vaccine clinics. There's so many every day. I look at the little list and sometimes they've got like three or four on a single day, which is really fun. They're at the air show this weekend, which is, is excellent. And just a way to get out there. They're at Masonville mall next week, uh, which is like super way to kind of get people when they're out. 
So no, this is the big ground game for the health unit, mobile vaccines. When school starts, they're partnering with schools to get clinics there and to students. Uh, they're closing two mass vaccination centers in the fall, um, kind of after Labor Day, just to sort of redeploy their staff and resources to this on the ground, gritty mobile effort to get shots in arms. Uh, it's uh, pretty exciting to see some of the numbers too coming, like at the uh, Richmond Street one that you mentioned, and there was a Pride London one at Palisade on the weekend too. They had a lot of first doses, which was kind of excellent. So like up to 40% of the people that were coming through were getting their first shots. So it's it's working, but it's, it's unlike a mass vaccination center that can do hundreds of people in an hour. I mean, these are very moderate gains, hundreds of people instead of, you know, thousands. That's awesome to hear because the last time I had heard about like it being so successful was at Ribfest. And I hadn't really heard about the nitty gritty numbers, but that's really exciting to hear that they're working and people are doing it and it's more accessible. That's fantastic. Um, Jen, I want to thank you so much for your time. I know we talk a lot. Like I said, I know the fatigue is real. I really appreciate your time and all of your hard work on the coverage. So thank you so much for joining the podcast. I hope next time we chat and I don't, I'm not going to hold my breath because numbers are spiking, but I hope next time we chat, uh, we're seeing a bit of a turn for the better again. Um, it did catch me a little off guard that numbers started to spike when a lot of people should still be gathering outdoors. Um, it's a little, it's a little worrisome knowing everybody winter is coming uh, and we're all going to be inside. So not jazz to see what the numbers do, but hopefully next time we chat, it's a little bit better. Thank you so much, Jen. Thanks so much. We'll be back again next week with another edition of the London Free Press podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and of course, over at lfpress.com. Until we talk again next week, stay well.